Hello and welcome to this Endo Life episode 157. I'm Jessica Duffin, I'm an Endo Warrior and Endo Health Coach and this podcast is all about living and thriving with endometriosis. As always, this podcast is here for educational purposes only. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to give a shout out to my lovely sponsors at BU and I wanted to tell you about their new bath bombs which are naturally made and contain beautiful essential oils and their peppermint and eucalyptus essential oils um, bath bomb is doing so well right now with endometriosis community they're getting loads of feedback about it and you know if you love the patches themselves you're going to love the bath bombs because essentially it's the patch in a bath bomb. Um, so, you know, if you're on your period or if you're in pain, you could have a bath with some of the bath bombs or one of them. I don't know, you could have multiple if you want. Um, and then, yeah, get out the bath, maybe rub in some CBD balm and put your patch on top, which is um, what a lot of people are feeding back that they're doing. So um, I would love to do that, but... Um, I don't have a bath, so I can't. But if you have a bath, um, then, you know, I think these new bath bombs could be a lovely way to help alleviate some of your pain. So if you'd like to check them out, you can go to BU, which is buonline.co.uk. And you can also order them from anywhere in the world on cultbeauty.co.uk and they deliver worldwide. So before we dive into today's episode, I just want to remind you guys that I am holding a free endo belly workshop. It's called Creating a Roadmap for Endo Belly Healing on Tuesday the 5th, and I forgot for a minute, uh, Tuesday the 5th of October at 6pm BST and October the 7th, so that's Thursday, 6pm BST. So I'm just saying BST, British Summertime, because I am going to still be in Greece. So I just want to make it clear what time zone it will be. And in this workshop, you will discover your core endobelly challenges, learn the first, second and third line therapies for identifying and healing your root causes and set goals and next steps so you can begin your healing journey with confidence and clarity. So in the workshop, we will go through a series of activities that are going to help you to prioritize your gut symptoms and which ones you want to focus on the most. We're going to get clear on the outcomes that you want to work towards so we actually know the direction that you're heading in. Then I'm going to teach you the first, second and third line therapies. So these are the protocols, the steps, the strategies that we use in gut health for gut healing. And the first line therapies are basically like your foundational set steps. The second line therapies are slightly more advanced. And then the third line therapies are the specific protocols for conditions. So like SIBO or leaky gut. Um, so I'm going to take you through all of those options. And then from there, we're going to set one to three goals and baby steps. So you can actually map out your roadmap and get started after the session. So if you would like to join you don't have to join live because I will send you the recording the next day, but you do need to sign up so that you can get that recording. So the link to sign up is in the show notes and you just choose the day you want to attend. And if you can't attend live, I'll send you the email the next day. So I hope to see some of you there. 
So today's podcast is another Q&A episode and today is all about endo and relationships and it's actually a sort of part one because I'm going to do another live answering the rest of the questions because I had a lot of questions coming in the end and this is actually a joint Q&A with my boyfriend Chris um, to give you a bit of context we've been together uh, for almost eight years and we've been friends for about 11 years I think and Chris was my friend when I was first diagnosed with endo but I didn't really talk about it much at that point so he didn't really know anything about it and then we were two we were we had been together about a month um and the first period I had in our relationship turned out to be a bad one and my endo symptoms had returned so he's really supported me with the return of my endometriosis symptoms when they got really, really bad. So that that kind of return was when endo was at its worst. And he kind of witnessed me go through the transition of learning how to manage it holistically, having my second laparoscopy, and obviously getting my diagnosis of SIBO and all of that. We have a joint column together on Endometriosis Net, and Chris has also written for Endometriosis News. And he also has a solo column on Endometriosis Net too. So in this episode, we are answering um, or offering advice to a partner on how to support you when they feel helpless. We answer whether Chris is interested in holistic naturopathic health and what he thinks about it. Suggestions for helping a partner understand endo and how to have fun with your partner again when endo gets in the way. Um, And I feel like we cover a lot more ground than just answering those questions because we talk, uh, we, we extensively answer each question. The other thing that I wanted to say is we're obviously not relationship counsellors or relationship like therapists. Chris is training to be a therapist, but he's not yet. So this isn't licensed advice. It's just two people who live with endo and it is a um, incredibly present part of our everyday lives given that I'm an endometriosis health coach Um, so I hope that this is going to be helpful and please share with your partners um, of all sexes and any any type of relationship I hope that there's something in this for you it doesn't just have to be a heterosexual relationship or you know identify as female and male partners Um, hopefully there's something in this for everyone So Stex92 has asked any suggestions to help me help my partner to understand endo. So um, I don't know if you're in here yet, Stex, not yet. Um, So I don't want to talk for you. So did you want to talk and then I'll riff off it? Yeah, so I had some thoughts about this one. Um, First was a bit of clarification. So I guess it would be two different... There's two different sides of it. If you want to help them understand, like, physically the mechanics of it, like, yeah. what you're going through, then it would be just the same as anyone else you try to get to understand. There's plenty of online resources. There's plenty of episodes of your podcast. Um, I've written a bunch of articles on EndoNet, mm-hmm. where Jess has also written them. Um, is it EndoNet? Endometriosis.net. Yeah. The, from a partner's perspective, talking about endo stuff. So that might be a good place to start. Yeah, and we've, like, co-written some as well. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be... 
in terms of the mechanics of it, and obviously the, the biology of it, rather, mechanics isn't really the word, is it? The biology of it. And it's also, that's quite a complicated topic. So, I mean, Jess is still learning stuff about it. I'm still learning loads and loads about it. So that will take a really long time for them to be fully versed in all of the like nuances of how endometriosis interacts with hormones mm. and things like that. So that's probably just a slow like drip feed I'd recommend. Just if you read an interesting article, get them to read it too. If you see something that really explains it well, send it to them. If you have a podcast that you listen to that explains it really well, send it to them and get them to yeah. listen to it. If you want them to understand what you're going through, they're not going to understand anything that you don't tell them directly. So that just has to be your personal experience, basically. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that... Um, I think where... Now, this is not the same for everyone. So, sex, you could have spoken to your partner and they still don't get it or maybe they don't listen or maybe there's kind of miscommunication but I will say that the conversations I have with my clients when they're um when their partners don't understand we've dug a little bit deeper and they've realized that they haven't actually had like that many conversations about it um, or they haven't um they felt like they shouldn't really express how they're feeling um on a day-to-day -day basis and I mean I am very very verbal with how I feel on a daily basis um sometimes I feel like too much um but you sort of have a running commentary of how I feel <laughs> so you always know but um you know it's a cliche but I do feel like there needs to be an open conversation about it and, you know, um, share with them like that it's it's now been, I don't know what the word would be, like listed as one of the top 10 condition, painful conditions you can have. It's just as painful as um, a, a heart attack. Um, you know, like there are um i think it was the bbc did like um animated video with like voiceovers of people with endometriosis um so that maybe if you can't articulate what you're feeling um use resources that do so um like chris said like articles but instead of like you know chris is talking about the scientific articles that explain what it is but there are now plenty of articles where people are talking about their experiences of it of endo so if you feel like you're not in the position yet where you're comfortable sharing how you feel maybe you could share a couple of articles or that video by the bbc if you just google like bbc endometriosis like um video i'm sure it will come up like they've done so much coverage on it um and so and yeah, our podcasts, um, I know that we did a joint podcast like a year or two ago and people found that really, really helpful to listen to with their partners. So that could be an option. Um, but really like if you can, whether it's having a sit down conversation where you explain what it feels like on a on a day-to-day -day level because I think that's going to make a difference as well like not just like oh what does it feel in the middle of a flare-up but what does it do to you on a day-to-day -day level because 
they're existing with you on a day-to-day basis and I think that is for some of you this might not be true but for a lot of people um it's a daily existence of their of endometriosis that takes its toll um I hear this a lot from my clients like oh you know I could deal with the odd flare-up if it didn't make me feel like generally just a bit shit every day, like I feel tired every day or it feels like a struggle to wake up every day, it feels like a battle every day. So if you are, you know, whether it's a running commentary of how you feel um, on a day-to-day basis or you sit down and explain it, I do think it will be helpful to give them context of like, this is what it's like when it's a flare-up, but this is what I feel like on a day basis so that they understand like you're not necessarily operating on the same level as they are like my personal opinion is like we have to work harder to get to a feeling of normal and we're probably not even at someone's normal like Chris wakes up and he feels normal I have to put in so much work to feel normal and so is that does that make sense to people I feel like I've had what is this someone's requested to join Okay, I think that was probably an accident. Um, so, um, and maybe use some like comparisons or metaphors, like, I don't know, like how it feels like operating on a cold or how it feels like operating with a hangover or how it feels like if they've had COVID, what it feels like having post, um, what's it called? Long, post-COVID or long, long COVID? COVID? Like long COVID, what it feels like to operate like that. Um, because I feel like people are finally getting what it's like to live with a condition now that COVID is around. There are people who were before felt fine and now they know they have an understanding of what it feels like for your body to feel quite lead. Um, so yeah, do you, do you think that makes sense? Yeah, definitely. And I also think if, if your partner is male or like was categorized as male at high school or whatever, the amount of education that they'll have about female reproductive health, you may be surprised at like how little they know about it. So it you may find that explaining things aren't going in or they're not really clicking or you feel like you're having to explain yourself over and over again. They may just not have a basic understanding of like even what you're talking about really. Yeah, that's true. Like um, when we did sex ed at school, we didn't do fe- female health really we just you know they separate boys and girls and we did oh i don't know because i went to girls school (laughs) so so i think not assuming that they have like a maybe establishing like what their understanding of it all is and then kind of work from there yeah Mm. um i mean i feel like the biggest barrier would probably be like people feeling awkward discussing that um and I don't necessarily have a suggestion for that. I mean, obviously, like, if there are some real difficulties, like, having those conversations, like, just the communication, they're not interested, like, obviously, if if it, if you needed some kind of counselling, like, you could go down that road. But um, in terms of... like, facilitate the yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but then, um, additionally, like, it's just also, like, a conversation that if you guys haven't really broached it, you're just going to have to, like, grit your teeth or, and then bear it, really. Like, that person, that person, if they 
love you if you're in a loving relationship they're going to have to sort of get over that bump and it's not necessarily like some of the most difficult conversation but some of the most important conversations aren't necessarily the easiest um and there's not really much sugar in that um but know that on the flip side of it, your relationship could be so much more enhanced from having that conversation mm-hmm. and the support that you could have could be so much more enhanced. So like you might have a 30 minute difficult conversation, but then you have a 30 year marriage, which is great. So um, it's sort of kind of weighing up. Does that make sense to people? And an awkward conversation like that may start off awkward, but if it becomes part of the discussion, it will get easier to talk about yeah it's not all but i don't it's just completely part of our normality yeah i mean before we were together i don't know how many times i spoke about periods to a girl it probably wasn't often but now it's like day-to-day conversation yeah so it gets much more normal if you just talk about it regularly yeah and it's like it's that that cliche that is the root of like so many relationship problems where one person has a thing and they Maybe because they're thinking about it so much, they feel like the other person should know about it, mm. but they haven't really vocalised it. So the other person doesn't know the severity of it or like how yeah. big it is. And it like builds up kind of awkward feelings and no one wants to talk about it. And it's just, you know, it's the root of like so many cliche relationship things. And it's probably the same with discussing endometriosis. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is definitely what my clients experience. So they don't, it's in their mind all the time. So they sort of almost assume that their partner is witnessing it in the same way that they're experiencing it, but they're not. That's not to say it's their fault. Um, It's tiring having to be like the person living with the condition and also educating on the condition. So I totally get that. But um, yeah. But that is a good reason why when you said that you just have like a running commentary, like you're very verbal about it, it really hammered home how like it never leaves your mind. No, perhaps perhaps But mind because I'm a health coach. And I work in endo. I yeah, never, true. never am not thinking about it. Yeah. But yeah, but even so, it was like, I'd maybe at first assume that, okay, so around like your period, you don't feel great, but then the rest of the month, you're fine again. Mm. And if you only bring it up around that time of your cycle, they may well assume that like, okay, well, they talk about it then, but they don't talk about it so much the rest of the time. So they're probably fine. They're probably not feeling any symptoms. Yeah. But then, you know, if you are always, I mean, you don't have to like, you know, so it's, it, it is part of your, if it's part of your life and you're feeling symptoms every day, then it should be part of your everyday conversation. Yeah. And then maybe that will kind of get them to kind of understand like, wow, this really does affect them. Yeah. All the time. Not, not to the point where like, if you don't want to talk about it all the time, like it's draining you to bring it up, but you could just mention like, I feel a bit tired today or I got a bit of a weird pain today. It could be like a two-second comment. Um, and it also shares the burden. Like, you're not having to walk around trying to act like you're not tired when you are, you know? So um, I hope that's I hope that's making sense. Um, the next question was from Libby. I think, Libby, you're on here. You might have hopped off by now. Um, is your partner also into holistic naturopathic health? Does he find it interesting? So I have my opinion on this, but I'd like to hear what you have to say. I think I know what your opinion would be. What? That I don't listen to any of the suggestions you give me. I never thought about that, but that's true. It's absolutely <laughs> so true. So do I find it interesting? Yeah, 100%. I find it really interesting. Um, it's really useful having like you, not just the endo side of it, 
but like the question asks, like just generally holistic health. I'm not sure what 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 you define naturopathic health or health as. Like natural, like okay. natural healthcare. Like not, I'm not a doctor, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's like holistic. So yeah, no, I do find all that stuff really interesting, and there are certain areas that mm-hmm. our interests cross, like you know, like mushrooms, like lion's mane and stuff, uh, nootropic kind of things. Yeah. Um, things like meal spacing and Biohacking. stuff. Biohacking. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Our interests definitely cross. Yeah. And I have my own interests as well. Like, I get real benefits from fasting, mm-hmm. and I feel like that comes under this oh, kind yeah, of stuff, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So yeah, I do find it really interesting. On the flip side, though, my struggles in life have never really been health related. No. So I've never really had to go to the doctors. I've never really had to go to a hospital for myself. So this guy never go, never like ever. Like, how many times have you been to the hospital in your life? For myself? Yeah. Never. Not one time. So, I don't have the same, like, <sighs> like uh, connection to it that you do. Yeah. Because you've kind of come to this through necessity from being consistently, like, let down by the medical establishment. Mm-hmm. I don't really have that disillusionment with them, so it doesn't... Does that make sense? Yeah, you don't have the same range. Yeah, I don't have the same connection to it, but I do find it really interesting, and I have my own interests within it. Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. Was, what was your thought on it that you said? Um, I was going to say that, yeah, you, you do from a perspective of, like, um, the kind of movement of, like, biohacking, like, improving productivity, improving longevity, improving, like, just your output in life. Like maximizing your output, like by being mm-hmm. uh, just thinking about what you're putting in your body, and um, like you said, like fasting and stuff. But I, I was gonna say, like, you are contemplating like starting a business related in health. Mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna go into the details, but yeah, like supplements. Well, if that does happen, obviously, you'll definitely hear about it through, yeah, through Jess. Um, so um, we bounce off like ideas because I'd love to bring out like some health products for endo and you have ideas for health products. So we talk, we talk about that a lot. Um, I think the one thing that is your caffeine and pastry addiction, that's what I was going to say, that like in a dream world, we wouldn't have any caffeine in the house because it's my vice, but it's his biggest, it's like your biggest love. I just love coffee. So we can't Indeed. take it away. So that's probably where we differ. And then you love pastries, which sometimes rubs off on me, but luckily you don't like the pastries that I would like. So it's not, which is really good. But definitely with, like, cinnamon buns, we're a bad influence on each other. It doesn't take much, like, pushing. Well, actually, I'm pretty good. Like... Yeah, you're pretty good. But if I was better, you'd be there. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah. But, like, I mean, literally, we have, like, a cinnamon bun once every, what, three months. Because, like, yeah, it's not that So bad. it's not, it's not, like, a bad thing. Um, so, yeah. Um... But you definitely find it interesting as well because there's new discoveries about endo and SIBO and stuff all the time. So, and it's just so exciting when something clicks. And like when I worked out like the connection between EDS and mm-hmm. 
and SIBO and stuff and it's just so some of it's like mind-blowing so it's just quite interesting to talk about like the science of it isn't it yeah and I'm a psychology student at the moment so there's a lot of crossover that's true between some of the more like grounded physical health stuff and some of the psychology that goes with it so there's like some interesting discussions there yeah and the pain trauma yeah that kind of thing Just a reminder that this episode is sponsored by BU. These natural patches last for 12 hours, so they bring you prolonged relief and can begin working on relaxing your muscles before the pain kicks in, so you're prepared even if your period comes during the middle of the day. Some people even find that wearing them a night before their period can really help soothe the inflammation in the area. To shop, just head to link in my show notes. Um, advice to a partner on how to support you when they say they feel helpless. So I'll let you roll with that first. Yeah, so I misread this at first when I was like thinking about an answer. I read it as if if you said you felt helpless, how could your partner support you? Oh. But it doesn't mean that, does it? It means, no, it means the if partner your partner feels helpless. Feels helpless. Yeah. So I only realised that when we were just reading it just then. Would you want me to start then? Yeah, go on, you start. I have some thoughts. Um. So... For me, I feel like they can't nest they can't they can't take away the physical suffering that you're dealing with um the symptoms, but they can make your life with those symptoms easier and so I think that's what we've leaned into more heavily where like in order for me to manage a business be someone who serves the endometriosis community, which can be emotionally taxing for me, given that I have it as well. So it can be like triggering. And of course I have like these other health conditions on top of endo that, I mean, the endo is under control, but you know, I have the SIBO, possible Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, histamine intolerance, um, forget the list. Um, Those take a toll on my daily life. And in order for me to, um, I think that was actually mine. It doesn't matter, but I just realised I've got this lipstick on it. Um, For me to be able to function and do the job that I do, like Chris has to take um, a lot of the weight. Yeah, a lot of the weight with... um, the cleaning, the cooking, um, because I don't know how I could physically do running a business, looking after my health, and just trying to keep our daily like habit, like our daily life together, like eating and and stuff like that. Um, and I think that goes for anyone if they have like a difficult job or a busy job or they're a parent and um I just I you can't I just don't think you can do it on your own like with endo I think you need support um unless the endometriosis doesn't affect you which like you know there are people who walk around with endometriosis have no idea that they have it um so I lean into the practical things that Chris can help me with and the other thing is um 
you know, on my period, I try to have like, try to sort of have a day off where I try to do like minimal things and I do a lot of like self-care. So Chris, and because I'm more tired on that day, Chris will run me the bath, like run me a bath and clean the bath and make me a hot chocolate and things like that. So that actually does indirectly help if I, you know, I mean, I don't have it anymore, but like when I used to have really bad flare-ups, like, and I really could barely stand, like you would get everything that I needed to help with my pain. So that does indirectly help with the symptoms. Like they can't stop you from experiencing pain, but they can give you what you need to help with the pain, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't really have too much to add to that. Uh, I completely agree with, if they say they feel helpless, like I often feel helpless to helping you with your pain, but like you said, well, (laughs) yeah, exactly. With your various symptoms that come with SIBO and stuff. But in this case, of the case of this question, why this is to do with endo. Like I would in the past often feel helpless. I think that's a completely normal thing for them to feel. Um, especially if it's someone that you love and they're like going through a lot of pain and they have this physical, like visible discomfort, like it's horrible and there's not really that much you can do to stop that, like you said, to stop them experiencing that pain. But what you can do is you can remove a lot of barriers, a lot of the like obstacles kind of externally to that. And there's so many things that they can do. They can like... I mean, you've been over them. I won't necessarily repeat the whole list, but like, I'll often like, if you're like really fatigued and stuff, I'll like make dinner. Mm -hmm. I'll like take the bins out. Like, these are all things that, I mean, if you don't live together. That's tricky, yeah. You know, they can still do things like um, maybe pick stuff up for you if you need something from the shop or like. Get something delivered for you. Yeah, but obviously like we live together and like, there's just like so much small random stuff that has to be done for a house, right? If you're like suffering with fatigue or nausea or pain, like getting those things done is really difficult. So they could just do things like exactly cooking. Like I love cooking anyway, so it's fine. That wasn't really a big deal. And then, you know, all of those other little things, maybe getting some groceries and blah, blah, blah. Clean the bath out because that's a very physical mm-hmm. task that someone in pain might not be able to do. So that's what's really going to help. And if if those things don't feel like enough, then I feel like probably just letting them know that just to be there for you, you know? Yeah, and maybe, like, doing... This sounds really dumb, but, like, letting that person choose the movie. Like, if they're not feeling well, like, you know, like, being like, okay, like, let's cuddle up. Like, if they can't do anything for you physically, like, let's cuddle up, like, what do you want to watch? Or, like, what do you want to do? Like, kind of providing like a sense of comfort and safety yeah and i feel like as well this might not be true but if someone i feel like if someone is saying that they feel helpless it means that they feel like they need to be doing more yeah so perhaps like just thank them for what they are doing providing they are doing something yeah yeah yeah, that's true so that they know that like you appreciate what they're doing and they don't have to like worry about doing more you know that you're grateful for what they've done so far and they can stop worrying, like, Mm. maybe they won't feel so helpless then. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, Oh, there was something else that I wanted to add to that one. Oh, like this, I mean, I'm sure that this would be obvious, but, like, 
when I had that crazy pain after my visceral manipulation, like, I couldn't call the hospital, like, I couldn't call 911, like, I needed you to call 911, I needed you to let the the paramedics in, like, that sounds, like, pretty stupid, but, like, I needed you to take the lead, because I couldn't, I couldn't... just focus on the pain. Yeah, exactly. Um, And also, like, the permission to... Because I think, I, I know a lot of us do this, would tend to try and push through. And I think you, when I'm trying to push through, and I know I need to do this before I go to bed, I need to do this, I need to do this. You're like, no, like, you go to bed, I'll do that, 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 and worry about that thing in the morning. So, like, that emotional support, but also the, um, I think I've been bitten. Um, I don't know what the word is, like, uh, creating like a sense of safety that it's okay to stop, it's okay to Mm. rest, because often we will push ourselves through, but if someone else is like a witness to what we're forcing ourselves to do, and we see it in their eyes, and they're like, this is crazy, like, just sit down, like, you're exhausted, then it gives us that permission slip. Um... So the lighting looks really weird in here. I've noticed that when I move, it like the camera adjusts to the backlight. I just yeah, I look very like muddy. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's I think that's what I would say. Um, let me see if there's any other partner questions. What about how to have fun with my friend's partner again? Um, feel like Endo always gets in the way. Like, yep. if we remove the friend bit, and I'll deal with that, I'll answer that next time. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like we've become pros at like Endo alternative fun things. Mainly around eating. Mainly around eating. <laughs> but like, I feel like for like people in a relationship, like eating is like one of the primary yeah. activities. That you do together yeah you do it every day it's social it's private like you do it at home you do it out you've always got to do it yeah so i guess like the first thing that comes to mind for me is finding if diet is something that you find helpful mm. in managing your endo because obviously if not this might not be too relevant for you but the big the biggest early steps in managing your endo was diet right that's it yeah and the kind of how we got that how we kind of integrated that into our life wasn't just let's get rid of all of the like sugar and stuff it was but not just get rid of it but replace it it. with dates (laughs) in the beginning we had too many dates and it didn't help no because it's still very high in sugar but like you know there's like you've probably spoken about loads of times but like true that Indian in syrup that we basically replaced any honey or maple syrup with. I can't have it anymore like, because of my secret. Replacing like sugar with stevia and yeah. things like that. Replacing gluten with the plethora of gluten free things that you can Ama- do. Yeah, we like literally like dying over this new gluten free baking book that's coming out. Mm. Yeah, oh my God, it looks so good. Just, and also like you're into bread baking and I'm into baking and I'm into like gluten free baking. So like, even though I can't make like the sourdough bread that you make, 
I find it really interesting that you do it and then you're interested. I mean, I can't enjoy it, but you're interested in the baking that I do and then you get to enjoy the baking that I do. Yeah, so that's like, that's been a big part of how we kind of, especially if you're not feeling up to going out somewhere, Mm -hmm. have kind of enjoyed our like time off together. Mm -hmm. It's been like baking, finding like endo friendly, how can we like endo hack this like recipe to make it like better for inflammation, fatigue, whatever, wherever it may be. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Mm And then, I mean, it really depends on what your idea of fun is. Like, I will say, like, I will say totally, like, honestly, like, I don't have an answer for if you're, if fun for you is going out and drinking, um, which is what was fun for me when I was younger. I don't have an answer for that. I'm, I miss, to a degree, I miss those days, but also... I mean, I don't actually like the taste of alcohol and I think I have like one or two drinks a year, um, except like we've had two drinks here. We've had two, yeah, one glass of red wine and and, and then one glass of Prosecco. Um, but that's really where I stop because the girl who used to binge drink, quite frankly, was... Um, I, I was binge drinking firstly because I was unhappy, but I did have a lot of fun when I was doing it. Um, but I could not do that now. It would make me feel like shit. So even just having like, even when I have two drinks by that point, I'm like, I actually don't like this feeling anymore. And I feel so unwell for it the next day and it carries on for like a week. Um, maybe because of my histamine intolerance as well, because alcohol is so high histamine. Um, so... But if you can, I mean, having a whole conversation around alcohol is, is a whole other subject, but like there are ways to minimise the effects of alcohol. Um, if you have, you know, if you really want to go out and have a drink, there's ways to minimise it, to support your hormones with it. Um, it does, like without a shadow of the doubt, it does affect your hormones and it does raise inflammation. Like there's, I can't sugarcoat that. Um, so if your partner does like to go out for a drink, then that might be tricky. But what I will say is like when I go out with my friends, if I don't want people to know that I'm not drinking, I'll have like sparkling water and I'll get them to like muddle it with mint and like um, orange slices or like lemon slices or berries and it looks like a cocktail. Um, Or I like the sound of a cocktail and I'll ask them to remove the alcohol. but I don't have to do that with like, I'm just thinking like if you were on a date and you didn't want to broach the subject yet or something, but I don't have to do that with you because you don't really drink. Um, but obviously if your partner does want to go out to a pub and that's where you socialize and maybe you like socialize collectively with friends because we don't really socialize collectively with friends. Like we see our friends individually, but some people do, right? Like some people go to the pub with all of their friends. Um, then having drinks that like you enjoy like I just said but like people aren't really gonna like pick up on if you don't want to talk about it um and again that like looking at like well if you are gonna have like 
a drink, what's a healthy amount for you, what's not going to cause a flare-up, how often are you going to do it? That's really a whole other conversation for a whole other time because there's supplements I could talk about and quantities and things. I recommend reading... Um, Dr. Jolene Brighton's got an article on alcohol um, and the effects on hormones. Nicole uh, Jardim's book, Fix Your Period, has a um, section on alcohol and the effects on um, hormones. And then Ruby Warrington's book, Sober Curious, is really good as well. And there are so many, like, being sober curious, so essentially, like, not you're not like teetotal but you don't like you don't really drink and you still go out and things that's a whole movement they literally have bars dedicated to it now um there are like events dedicated to it now so you can experiment a little bit i think with that um and so that's what i just wanted to say about the social bit like that i think can be hard but i guess it's about like well for me I wanted to be able to live a life where I was able to go to work and I was able to feel well, like Monday to Friday. But if I carried on like going out at the weekends and drinking heavily, that was just not going to be possible. So I'd have, sorry, we've got mosquitoes everywhere. Um, you know, a couple of hours of drinking would then cause me a whole week if not longer of feeling really really unwell so it just wasn't worth it for me um and I think that also it's about finding someone who respects your body respects you and has similar values because if that partner can't understand why you're not drinking then I mean quite honestly I think there's an issue there if they're gonna fight you over a drink like let's be honest that's all it is it's just it's just liquid it's just alcohol and if they're going to make you feel really uncomfortable about your decision to not drink then I think that you need to look a bit deeper into the values that you guys share because it's just you wouldn't pressurize someone to do something that they don't want to do or make them feel bad for that right like I think that's harsh words, but it's true. Like, if you're having mm -hmm. arguments over, like, going out drinking or something, that person doesn't have your best interests at heart. They're, they have the best interest of the beer. <laughs> so Yeah, and that was something that I was going to add while you were talking, that um, it's not just, like, like, we're kind of suggesting ways that you can, um, you know, think up ideas and stuff. But there's also a responsibility on your friend slash partner. Whoever That's so true, yeah. To, like, accommodate you. Because you now have, uh, you know, the endometriosis, there's things that you can no longer do now because you've identified that it's making you feel worse and stuff. And they have some responsibility to be like, okay, well, what can we do? What can we do together then that does work for you? Yeah. So it goes back to the first question of like, how much are you communicating? How much do they really understand what mm -hmm. you're going through? And if they don't really understand what you're going through, I could very easily see how it's like a disconnect yeah it's a disconnect it's not really you're not really both getting like well, why can't you come out and do this whereas if they fully understand the situation perhaps they'd be more willing to um you know do some stuff more at your speed if it's fatigue or whatever that you're yeah with. and actually just to give you guys an example um 
I think she'll be fine with me talking about this because she's now publicly talked about it on her podcast. And But I had emailed her previously and she didn't want me to talk about it, but she talks about it now publicly. But Vanessa Zoltan from um, Harry Potter and Sacred Text, the podcast, she um, had undiagnosed endo and she was vomiting a lot and um, she kept cancelling on her boyfriend because she was vomiting in the car on the way to him. She didn't tell him, she just would cancel. And anyway, it got to a point where they were like, they were having serious discussions about breaking up because he just didn't understand her. He thought she was being rude and she was cancelling on meeting his friends and family because she didn't feel comfortable sharing what was happening but now she's got the diagnosis and he totally gets it and they're like she's a stepmom to um his children and their children essentially and they're like you know happily ever after like they're they're super super solid but there was that moment where she wasn't you know she wasn't comfortable sharing what was happening for her but he didn't think or maybe she's unwell he literally just thought she was really really flaky so i just think that's like an example of you know what not that it's your responsibility like he he didn't know to have that responsibility right um and then also like um we're not there was totally a part of me that like loves to dance and club and blah, blah, blah. But, like, with histamine intolerance and SIBO and stuff, I'm just not in that place. But um, if you were a very, like... When I lived in London, like, me and my friends, we would go to, like, these, like, supper clubs. We'd go to, like, random events that were, like, I don't know, like, dessert-making classes and... um, uh, my friend, she goes to, like, loads of different, like, workshops. Like, you could do something. We can't really... That's not really a thing in Margate. Well, it probably is, but we just don't know much about it. But, like, um, you could certainly do that with friends. Like, that's probably not something that you would openly do just because you're not super social. But, like, with friends, you could do that. Or if your partner... If you and your partner are really outgoing, like, meeting people, that's another way to meet people or just socialize together in a context that's not just having a meal or watching netflix um or like it sounds really stupid but like a fun fair always turns up in margate and we're not into fun fairs but that could like that's easily a night out like a cute date night like once every couple months when the fun fair comes around that like it's a little bit alternative. Mm. It's reminiscent of when you're a kid. Like, you can take your own sweets, make your own popcorn. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, those yeah. little unusual things you wouldn't really think about. Cinema dates. Um, for us, it's more like exploring, isn't it? Like, we like to go out, like, to, like, woodlands or beaches or galleries or, like, yeah, and I'd say something that I just thought of is it doesn't have to be, like, all or nothing. Mm. You don't have to be like, well, I can't go out all night and get drunk or I can't spend the whole day hiking or yeah, I can't, yeah. like, go and traipse around museums and galleries all day. So I can't do anything and I just I hate my life. <laughs> so 
it could be like I go out for an hour and you explain to everyone that's going to be there like I'm sorry I'm only going to be there for an hour but obviously you know yeah. as I explain to you all the issues around endo that you can maybe have that conversation and that's fine and you can have fun in that hour and you can yeah. go home and rest or you can go to a gallery and like you can look around half of it and be like okay that's like enough I feel like I'm going to be fatigued now so yeah. just allowing yourself to like feel okay with like going and I think that's what we've done with this holiday a little bit well, yeah. not holiday like it's traveling like there are days when we're like we're actually not going to get to go this far like ah, oh. or like we thought about going for breakfast pancakes but we're like well but I'll feel shit for the rest of the day so what's more important us going to explore this monastery or having sugary pancakes in the morning like we sort of try to work out and so we'll make our own pancakes here that are sugar-free and I sweeten them with stevia and then I'm able to have the energy to go for the day um or like last week we wanted to do these four beaches in a day but we could only do two and we were just like we're going to be pushing it and we're going to be exhausted if we try and do it all today yeah, so, so now just yeah have longer at this beach and just chill and relax enjoy ourselves and just yeah get back and we actually got the on the bus that we were supposed to have been getting on anyway. So like, even if we tried to get to the other oh, one, yeah, I we thought we just got stuck. <laughs> but yeah, that's another point. Yeah. So um, I hope that was helpful. Oh, we've got some questions. Okay, so we've got some more questions, but I'm not going to answer them now because I need to. We've been on here for almost an hour. Thank you, guys. And I hope this is helpful. I will answer the remaining questions next week. Um... They're the questions that Chris doesn't need to be here for. Um, oh, we are going to be on a ferry next week. Next Friday. Next Friday. Yeah. I might give you guys a different day because then I've got a call with Maisie. Then we can go. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about what I do or read more on endometriosis and living well with it, um, you can head to my Instagram page, which is this underscore endolife. Um, you can head to my website which is www.thisendolife.com and you can also get um, a free guide to managing endometriosis naturally on my website Um, I've put the link in my show notes it's a beginner's guide to getting started and all of the areas that I um, have worked on to help reduce my endometriosis symptoms and pain and live well with endometriosis As always, if you like this show, please rate, review and or subscribe. It really, truly does help others to hear the podcast and hopefully will help them to live better with endometriosis. This episode was produced by The Pod Farm. Whether you're an established podcaster or just getting started, visit thepodfarm.com to see how they can help you go from an idea to a finished show that's ready to be heard by the world.